Hi, everyone. Welcome to the We Shape podcast. I'm Katie. I'm here with co-host Tyler and very... Sorry, I'm going to go right past you, Tyler, because we're going to our very... Love you. Love you. Uh, very special co-host, uh, guest co-host, Dr. Lisa Folden. Mm. If you've been listening to the last couple episodes, she's been joining us while Nina is out on maternity leave. So, so happy to have you. And when we discovered that you were going to come in person and do some podcasting with us, I thought, okay, who who's on the podcast? We had a couple extra spots. And I was like, I want to call my dear friend, Dr. James Vager, because to have James the and doctors. Yeah, like just <laughs> let's just put you guys all in the same room and see what you talk about. I mean, I am definitely gonna be the least qualified person on this call, but I'm so available for it because I really want to start talking about this concept but uh this concept around movement versus exercise. And so um without further ado, Dr. James Vager, are you there with us? <laughs> I am. Hello, hello, hello. How are hello. Doing great. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I know you've been on the podcast before. James is a dear friend of mine. Um, but I really can't emphasize enough, like in the past, if I've ever had like, oh, I'm in pain, I'm miserable, what do I do? I just text James because I'm like, I just feel like your understanding of the human body and getting people to move better and feel better is a really special gift. I mean, truly it is. And so I just thought it would be fun for all the movement people to get together and talk about this concept behind movement versus exercise. So, Tyler, I don't know. I, this is where I can already see Tyler's rapid blinking. He's like, I'm so excited <laughs> so much to talk say. about this. So I might, you know, I'll probably ask a few questions, but I don't know if there's something specific that you really want to. No, I'm not. I don't want to lead anything specific here, but um, I do feel like one of the things that I keep talking about, and I'm, I know we talk about this over and over and over again, is just how do we change the narrative of what exercise and what fitness means, right? Because currently when we say go exercise, go get fit, it's basically I'm going to go burn calories. I'm going to go pump my muscles until I change my aesthetics, right? Mm -hmm. And as you know, James, people eventually get injured or something happens over time with, you know, slowly moving improperly and you end up in pain and they end up seeing someone like you or someone like Dr. Lisa. And in those moments, I think that as a physical therapist, you probably get a lot of insight into the reality that, wow, a, training for aesthetics is not the move here. It's training for quality of movement, training for longevity of movement. So, I mean, can we just share your experience with just observing that and helping people understand the difference right there and helping them kind of just try to show up for themselves from a different place instead of just from this pure aesthetic place? Um. Uh, well, you know, I've been a PT for 30 years and um, my view of, of treatment and intervention and health in terms of the physical body has changed so much in that 30 years. Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, was lucky that I was very fast out of my movement from early in my career. And getting my, as my mentality and understanding shifted, getting my clients to shift their mentality as well, that's been a huge uh, struggle. Mm -hmm. People think, um, oh, I, I uh, walked up the stairs and my knee started hurting. And they have a very difficult time putting into context, a greater context, that knee injury didn't happen because of that third stair. Um, that back injury doesn't happen because you bend over and pick up that Kleenex. It's not the Kleenex's fault. It's not the stairs fault. Uh, you're, you're walking into that situation with a system that's ready to have that injury uh. because of how it's been used or misused, or I, I don't even like the word misused because yeah. our body is designed 
to compensate constantly and automatically and unconsciously. Our bodies are working exactly as they were designed from a movement decision perspective. But from a tissue health perspective, a tissue strain perspective, um, those compensations that we are so automatically programmed to do, unconsciously programmed to make, um, put altered strain on the tissue. And helping my clients understand that uh, reality, um, well, if I can get them to understand it, it will completely change the outcome of uh, our time together. And the best, best evidence you can give someone is someone that's been in pain for 10 years, 15 years, and they've seen a number of different people, providers, and all I need to do is say, uh, let me see you bend over. How does that feel? That hurts. Okay. Come back up. Now, do it like this. How does it feel? I don't have any more pain. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Soft. It's that that easy. And and I often say to people, uh, that's how close you are to being out of pain. Mm -hmm. It's not five weeks down the road. It's not a year down the road. It is right there. All it takes is that one uh, understanding that shift in how you're how you're using your tissues in order to create a change in your body. Why, why is there not more information like this out there, James? It's so interesting to me because um, you know that's what we do with our social media. We try to give people something actionable they can do right now to make a difference, and it's hitting really strongly with our movement side of the social media channels that we have because people just nobody's teaching people how to move well. Right. Mm-hmm. They're 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 telling they're inspiring you or trying to motivate you through shame mm-hmm. to do like their workout programs. And then people go and do them and they end up getting injured, and not recognizing that they don't have some genetic gift that these people have in terms of their ability to move well. So, like, why, why is this not more available? Why don't people understand movement as a system of the body um, and, and understand it as a way that biomechanics is is something that is predefined? Like, this is how we're supposed to move. And they just, there's just nobody teaching this. What because that? that's not sexy. Oh, and you're not going to be able to make money off of that. <laughs> that part. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, cortisone injection over and over again pays a lot more than. There you go. Than a fix, right? <laughs> that's the reality. I don't know if you have a perception on that. Um, I, I, I well, I'll, I'll tell you my honest answer is that people don't know. Yeah. And I think that the majority of practitioners out there, I can speak for myself as a physical therapist. I can speak from an outside circle uh, chiropractor work because I, I'm just vaguely familiar with it. I know them. I've been in some of the same training sessions as them. And um, they don't know movement. And PTs aren't taught movement. They aren't taught, um, they're taught kinesiology, but they aren't taught how it affects your tissue, how ultra movement patterns affect your body and can create pain. They don't know. And even if they do, I mean, PTs are known as movement experts and you, you go to PT websites and they'll talk about changing your movement, but they, my experience is that they do not understand the power of movement to correct their pain or people's pain issues. They don't really understand the pieces. They say they do, but they don't. And um, the information is available. <laughs> it's out there. It's not. It's not that it hasn't been discovered or found, or there aren't systems available. But providers um, get very comfortable in what they know. So how does it work know how to when do. I know you take interns at your practice? So how does it work yeah, when sure. you get an intern? I mean, are you noticing like? 
are, are you having to like do some retraining or how do oh, yes any pt that comes to my practice we we just teach them the basics of the language that of the of, of a movement uh a therapist that uses movement as their primary treatment modality mm -hmm. um and then that way we all speak we all speak the same language so if uh, their client if they leave and their client needs to see someone else they all we're all speaking the same language um but yeah it's it's training it's education it's um and this is and the thing is is i'm not trying to uh, read anyone down or or complain about different modalities of different practitioners that's not at all what i'm trying to do I'm just trying to recognize the problem is when there's a lot of people in the medical community, not just physical therapists, not just personal trainers, not just chiropractors, but real medical doctors who don't really understand a lot and they are getting by on a daily basis, mm -hmm. patient interaction to patient interaction, they are just getting by. Mm -hmm. And Lisa, you might know this when you were first a baby PT, mm -hmm. those, when those you're first working, you are just getting by yeah and if you are happening to get people better you're like <laughs> thank god it. It, 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 it it's not you don't feel like you have power over that you feel mm -hmm. like it just happened mm -hmm. and there's lots of practitioners that feel this in every in every area yeah um that are just getting by and they're scared like my experiences they're scared when they get confronted let's say you've been out working five years if you're being presented with a totally different way of thinking mm -hmm. and all of your getting by is now out the window, how, how are you going to get by your day? Yeah, it's super scary. And and I can I don't necessarily talk about this a whole lot. So it's interesting that you <laughs> that you talk brought this up. <laughs> no. Oh, I go there. I, you you definitely do. You're te you're telling our business. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I've been practicing for 16 years. And yes, several things have shifted in my practice and just in learning more. But I think that's the beauty of growth, right? We're supposed to change, right? We were talking about our bodies earlier. Yeah. We're supposed to change. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to evolve. We're supposed to get new information and apply it. And I don't know if there's enough acceptance into the idea that this is trial and error. Like we're figuring it out. Like we learn the most in the clinic, working with the people, asking the tough questions, prescribing something that doesn't necessarily work and trying it all over again. And and going back to the lab and figuring it out. And I think it's beauty in that. But I agree. A lot of therapists or practitioners, they feel um, like it makes them less than or not as skilled as they thought they were or not the guru they wanted to. I don't even want the guru label because why? Like I'm, somebody's just waiting to chop you down anyway. Yeah. So I, that's not my thing. But I think when you're referring to, you know, some of some PTs not being like movement experts um, for us, like coming through uh, our program, it was like beware of the the hummers <laughs> the hot pack ultra, ultrasound massage yeah. therapist yeah, this is okay i'm sorry yeah. oh we're I'm, going I'm, into yeah. a world I'm happy, I'm happy you touched on this because yeah. I, I think what i was hearing you say james and i want to simplify it a little bit is a lot of physical therapy and, and and people's even perception around when they end up in a pt office they get injured it's all this like cute notion right like yeah. i was walking up the stairs and i hurt my knee right and then they go to a doctor and they're oh well you, you did your parents have bad knees yes okay oh you might have just degenerative joint issues or whatever that may be you're going and, deeper than they yeah. do, than they do right. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like your knee hurts. Here's a shot. Here's a shot. And here's then you can go to physical therapy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's here's ibuprofen. Right. That's about it. Then they go to physical therapy. Yeah. And the physical therapist says your knee hurts. Let's reduce the swelling and the inflammation. Let's, mm-hmm. let's make sure you have range of motion mm-hmm. and that the muscles above and below work. Maybe. And then <laughs> and then okay, you're 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 gone. They don't ever like look at you walk. They don't ever look at you stand up. They don't ever look yeah. at you bend over or move. And they don't even understand that. Right. And so like. That's the foundation of this is not is not looking at the body in an acute way or like a joint by joint or or, or part by the part way. System. It's like it, it's the same thing that you do at your clinic. I watch what you guys do. The first thing you guys usually do is you bring somebody in and if they don't have any like acute injury that's that's blatant, you like watch them move. Mm-hmm. You watch them walk. And you probably I don't know how you do this. I would love to actually hear from both of you on this. But like when you're working with somebody like that, how are you analyzing their movement to identify where you start? Right. Because I'll look at somebody and I'll start with the feet and I'll work my way up to the core, to the shoulder blades and then out to the the periphery. Right. So I'm curious if you guys have a a model that you use in terms of looking at people and trying to identify what's the part of the movement system that's broken, not the injury location right because i want to ask I wanna... pe- people hold on let me say one okay. thing i'll get all feisty here <laughs> i knew this was gonna happen people need to realize that like when your knee hurts it could have nothing to do with your knee yeah it could true. be your yes. foot it could be your core it could be yeah. all these different things right so i think that people need to recognize that simple aspect that when you're hurting it's not necessarily because of that part of the body yeah if it's acute it's probably the only time it is because of that yeah. if it's non-acute it's really likely not that part of your body. It's somewhere else that's affecting the movement pattern. So as the non-expert on the panel, <laughs> I want to ask a question because like I had somebody come up to me and uh, ask a group of friends like, oh, I'm having a lot of knee problems. Does anyone have any ideas or like suggestions for making me feel better? And people are like, here's my acupuncturist. Here's my massage therapist. Here's this. And I said, and this is how I responded. So can you guys tell me if I was right or wrong? I said, is something broken or torn? And they were like, no. And I was like, then it's probably a movement dysfunction in your body that needs to be addressed. And it's probably not coming from your knee. And he looked at me and said, what? And I said, here's Dr. James. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. That's as far as I can go. No. But like, is, is that what we're saying? If it's not broken or torn and it's in pain, it's likely coming from some movement that that you're doing repetitively. That's not help me understand. I want to. What's this concept? I'll take a deep breath. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> yes and no, right? There's more to dysfunction outside of like just the way you're moving or, you know, something being broken or torn. There's there's straining in a sense. Like it doesn't have to be like a complete tear of anything. Something could be strained or overused. We experience fatigue in our muscles. You know, so it's it could be a ton of things. Now, for a lot of the things, the treatment may not be drastically different, but I think you know, kind of what Tyler was was talking about and hinting upon is this idea of like looking at the whole person and not just isolating a knee. Yeah. <laughs> like this is your knee. Let me fix it. It's looking at how they're moving and functioning. I do. I'm you know, I have a small clinic. It's just me. So I usually have my clients on a treadmill and I got my cell phone camera on a slow motion recorder. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what I'm motion. doing. I'm like, I need slow motion because I need to break this down and see it and then be able to show them. So that's kind of where I start when we were talking about like analyzing their movement so that I can sort of see like, okay, is something happening in the gait cycle? What is your foot doing? What is your knee doing at each point? What, and then we go up the chain, like what's happening at your hips and your spine? You know, are you twisted? All of that. So that's, that's kind of where I start. I don't have a whole lot of, you know, fancy equipment for that, but it's, it's that observation and then using movement as the treatment as opposed to, I mean, I'm sure you have this. I have clients come in there like, we're going to do a massage. Do you have some? He- I don't even like have a 
hot pack machine. And like I, don't, I threw my hydrocolator out. Like I don't even yeah. use it because you can do that at home. You don't need to pay me for that. Like to come sit for an hour while you ice them and stem them. Yeah, yeah. you can yeah. do that at home. I don't use the e stem anymore. It is just manual therapy, movement, like talking, <laughs> talk therapy. Yeah. <laughs> That's education. Like, education, tons of it. That's kind of the direction. But that, that's but... kind of what I'm asking because I feel like yeah. when because when you go to the doctor and they're like, well, here's the injection and go to PT and we're thinking about the knee. It's like, I think what you all are saying is it's it's probably not about the knee. And there's some, in some cases, yes, but some cases, no. But we have to be thinking a little bit more about the whole body uh, yeah. and how the body is contributing to that. The rest of the... It's not that it's not about the knee, right? Like if I take a hammer and I hit myself on the head with a hammer over and over and over again, and I come in and put a helmet on, but I never got the hammer taken away, right? Like, am I really doing anything? You know what I mean? So if I if I have a, a knee that's injured from poor movement and it's causing an inflammation, they go to a PT who focuses on making sure the inflammation is down and their range of motion is good. Well, they're going to go back out in the world and they're going to just injure that knee Same. again, mm-hmm. right? Because there is something dysfunctional about that pattern in the mm-hmm. first place. And I think that what I'm what I'm just baffled by is that you have trainers, you have PTs, you have doctors, you have orthos, and they're just not looking at like, oh, look, the knee should go forward and backward. And this guy's knee is rotating a bunch on every single step he takes. And nobody's telling this person, hey, if you want your knee to feel better, it's not about the knee replacement surgery they're getting recommended. It's about learning how to change the way you walk, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's something that just, I've met very few people who have an eye for that and tools in their toolbox to be able to correct that. It drives me insane. So maybe next time when the friend asks, I'll just say, I don't have any answers, <laughs> just here's James' this card. Or if you're in North Carolina, you start to fold it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, That's all I got. But going, going back to you, James, I know this drives you crazy too. I've seen you get in big old rants just like me, right? So like so like when when you're seeing this, like what do you think is the, the disconnect between someone maybe who's a new PT student or somebody that you're working with and they're just not getting it? Like do you think that there's just a lack of eye for it? There's a lack of education around it? Like I don't know what your perspective is. I, I think there's a lack of education. When, when I uh, – when I was uh, – just starting out and when I was in school I couldn't wait to get into the clinic because this is the other thing I don't know if I was in medical school and PT school might be a little different now but PT school is not like this is how you treat this problem this is how you treat this problem PT school is this is anatomy this is kinesiology this is how you do a transfer this is what a modality is this is how you use it and then you go to the clinic and then you're expected to know how to treat people and I mean people, <laughs> not like people? treat a knee, but to treat people. It's that's not what we're taught in school. And there's only a few schools that I've, I've that have actually really impressed me with the way they educate their PTs. Okay. But um, it, it the education w- is just not there to treat people. And so when I went to the clinic, I was so excited because I thought, oh, now I'm going to learn all the magic techniques <laughs> that I get to use to get people better. That I get to use to like, oh, you come in here with the stupid knee pain. Your knee's hurting you. I'm going to do this move, this move. I'm going to touch you in this way. And then you're going to get up off the table and you're going to feel amazing. And uh, that is not the experience I had. Mm-hmm. And that's the ex- that's not the experience that PTs have in general. That's just not what happens. And um, I think that until PTs understand that are educated to really understand the layers of the person that's sitting in front of you, their problem, um, their interpretation of their problem, to pay attention to all these different pieces, 
um, movement being the center of them and how they choose to move and why they're choosing to move that way. Those are all pieces that go into it that we just aren't taught and people aren't taught to look at it. I think if I say that to a new PT, they're going to look at me like I am crazy. <laughs> they're going to look at me like I am absolutely nuts. And they're like, I just learned all of this stuff. And now you're telling me that I don't get to use like 70% of it. And unfortunately, you're, you don't. And the 30% that's the most important, they de-emphasize, <laughs> which is the movement <laughs> and anatomy stuff. It's so um, it, I think it stems from education. And again, this this phenomenon of getting by, I know I'm really reading my profession of filth. But, um, <laughs> you kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'll say though, I think that there's a, I mean, when did you graduate from your uh, first, your PT program? 1995. Okay. And that's fair. And I do think, I think there was a, there's been a huge shift in the profession from the, definitely the, the schools at that time. I graduated in 2007 and we were the inaugural doctorate program. And there was a, a pressure of like, listen, we are not sending you out <laughs> into this field ill-equipped. So we had a lot of clinical practice. As a matter of fact, to, to make the program a doctor program, a huge part of what was added was the clinical experience. Being in the clinic 9, 10, 12 weeks, working with patients, experiencing the things, you know, those exams where yeah. we are palpating and feeling and being, you know, that you're sweating because your instructor is standing over you, making sure you're touching yeah. in the right area. So... I felt like there was a pressure that I experienced in my program that made it like, yeah, we're not sending you out there. Nobody said it, right? But like the other therapists, but they kept talk telling us about Hummers. <laughs> like, you're not going to be those physical therapists. So I do, yes, I will say course. that I, I think the education has probably, well, definitely has changed and transitioned over time. But I know you went back and did far more education, yeah. you know, beyond that. But that's kind of the point, I think, when you get into the field, there is more continuing education you need constantly in order to keep up and then to be able to provide your clients with the best possible, you know, service, so. Hey there, if you're enjoying the WeShape podcast and you've heard us talk about WeShape before, then you're probably thinking to yourself, hey, what is WeShape? Well, at WeShape, we create personalized at-home workouts for every single one of our members. These are workouts where every single movement is customized to you to help you connect with your body and care for your body in a much more meaningful way. We also have a community of people there to support you, to help uplift you as you examine your beliefs, set new intentions, and again, start showing up for yourself as an act of self-care rather than trying to do your workouts as an act of self-judgment. And hey, if you're a fan of the podcast, we also do a live podcast discussion group on Zoom, as well as other Q&As, as well as free challenges for all of our members to help you get motivated to actually start taking action to caring for yourself so you can feel better in your body and about your body. So if you want to try WeShape for free for two full weeks, go to WeShape.com backslash podcast and you can get started today. Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And the the issue there too is if I'm a PT and I sort of am get again, getting by, um, do I choose to take the course that is forcing me to reevaluate everything I do from beginning to end of my treatment. No, that's too much work. Like, exactly. <laughs> or do I do the course on instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization, and then I get a cute uh, certificate at the end of that? Right. And I'm not saying that's not important or valuable, but there are more fundamental things to achieving results with your clients. You're right. Um, and and the, what I've also come to understand is me wanting like the magic, like this, the, the secret sauce that like the magic sessions where patients come off of your table and they're like, oh my God, I have no pain anymore. How did you do this? I didn't think it, 
existed because I wasn't taught in the beginning. But now I know they do exist. They do. They use them. Yeah. Um, but that's only because of what I've learned and how I know how to get into people's heads. It's yeah. it's it's a weird, you know, people. They look at like terrible movies about physical therapy and they lay down and they rub them and they're <laughs> in enough ice bath and then they, you know, and it's just not how it is. Don't it, you hate it, seeing a PT in a movie? Isn't it? it. It's so they're stupid. Terrible. Every time I want to punch the fucking TV. I'm like, that is not what we do. <laughs> it is so bad. It's it bad. Is, even, even, even like in movies where they're trying to show PTs as being these great soul spiritual <laughs> healers that are like, they're confident. I'm like, what is this doesn't happen yeah and they're right. terrible pt yes so, um yeah the, i think that but the that expectation and i uh and so there's there's lots of different forces that are at play in people's minds when they show up to pt yeah. when they show up to that session they have all these expectations that they think they know that that their doctor told them i've got a torn meniscus mm-hmm. treat my meniscus Mm-hmm. No one's treating your meniscus. Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's an impossibility. No one's treating your meniscus. We had that on a call last night. We literally night. did. Yeah. Like, I can't go in there and fix that. Yeah. I don't. So, yeah. I want to. <laughs> hey, Katie, non residential expert, we have to ask a question really quick. You're... So, um, what? Because I want someone to walk away with this going, like, okay, we have all these movement people here in the room who, who really, you guys really do help a lot of people get out of pain. And so what is something, let's say I'm injured or I'm, I'm experiencing pain and I'm looking for a physical therapist. What is it that I would be looking for? What is one or two questions that I could ask the physical therapist? Because there, not everybody has access to a Dr. Folden or a Dr. Baker. So like what, how can I get to, get to someone who's actually looking for the right thing? This is big, you guys. I just want to say this because one of the things we get in our membership community a lot is oh my god this this is this is more information than any physical therapist I've been with. We're getting more from this than than somebody who talked to me. So I, I like yeah. I would I would personally challenge the educational myth and also the reality that people are getting more education now and just say I I have a different belief on why you know PTs aren't showing up. I think that people can't see the geometry of the body with their eyes and that's just like something that somebody has or doesn't have. It can be taught and improved, but if you don't have that, you're probably not going to be able to do it. So if somebody comes in with a good memory and they can learn anatomy and they can learn all these theories, but then they watch somebody walk and they just can't put it all together in a system and say this movement system isn't working properly because of X, Y, and Z. Um, that's my theory anyways, because I've met people who get it. like They understand the body on a poster. And then they watch somebody move and you're like, what's wrong with that? And they just can't do it. And you're like, you know more about the muscle system and the nervous system than I could ever could. But you can't see somebody's deficiencies. You know? Yeah, so I got to go back Sorry, because go back I knew this was yeah. going to be like a like a little like we're going to geek out on this and I'm here for it. But I want our listeners who are in pain to walk away with some things that how do I find the right physical therapist? I think would be be one of the questions that I would have. Like what advice would you give to someone looking for a physical therapist? that doesn't live in Santa Cruz, California or Southern North Carolina. I'm, I'm a little stumped, to be honest. I'm, I'm totally going to let you take this because I'm like... Um, some things I would ask are, what is your treatment philosophy? Yeah, that's good. There are a number of different treatment philosophies that exist in the world that you can learn and master that emphasize movement as the primary... Uh, treatment modality, which has been the most successful treatment modality that I've seen used. Yeah. Um, so there are people that that know MSI movement system impairment, or know and use the evaluation techniques. I'm sure of Sarman. 
that'd be my if you if you have someone that knows those and practices those that's that's for me the top of the list because it it shows that they have learned it they understand it they are looking at movement as the primary uh solver of of pain issues and just as um, I'm gonna, one second dr shirley sarman is popularizing the term movement system as in immune system, right? Mm -hmm. Nervous yeah. system. It's an integration yeah. between many different parts of the body that function as a system. And I really love her for that because it, it really escalates like the work that PTs can do mm -hmm. because they're addressing a movement system, not a broken joint, yeah. right? So, yeah. so. And, she, and side note, she's a personal hero. She's a total badass. She is. And she was doing this stuff in the 70s. Um, and in the face of orthopedic surgeons who said, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, she was a, a lowly PT, a woman and dealing with these orthopedic surgeons who were still sending their patients because they could get patients better and she was getting them better and they couldn't understand it. And she was diagnosing them with issues that they couldn't discover until MRIs pulled around. Yep. And she was 100% accurate. Wow. And, um, she, and she's, she's just funny and witty and she's amazing so and moves um, well in her 70s yeah. right yeah so she's incredible important. she's incredible she created this whole system she's incredible anyway um so shirley sarman it, msi movement system imbalance dr shirley sarman those are things that i would want to know about other systems that people may use as dynamic neuromuscular stabilization or called dns which is another movement-based system which is a, a um i want to say it's more complex but it's a little bit more in-depth um, very much focuses on the neurologic system um, and its control of the body. Um, another movement-based system is the McKenzie approach. Um, so um, while I don't, I think McKenzie approach has some limitations. Mm -hmm. Same. I am uh, working with a McKenzie um, a therapist and uh, we were comparing notes about systems and like treating back pain because McKenzie really got famous treating back pain. Yeah. And uh uh, he was saying, well, we have this category, this category, and then we have a third category or fourth, but a different, I don't know how many categories they have, but, and this last category is like, um, un, um, I can't remember the exact name for it, but it was like that. This is the one that they don't make any sense. <laughs> and so we just put them in this category. I'm like, Dump them there. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. Like I need that. That doesn't make sense to me. So um, it, I think it has its limitations, but MSI it has a system for every body part, has a system for um, every area of the body, uh, and it to me it's the most foundational. So that that's the first place I would start. Okay. Um, and, Great question. And, and, and that's the first place I would start, and I would make sure too that it's okay to ask your PT questions. Yeah. Your PT, and you get to choose which PT you go to. You go to PT, and you don't like it. You don't connect with them. Yeah. And I'm telling you, being connected to your PT or feeling that your PT sees you and hears you and recognizes what's going on with you is vitally important to your ability to improve. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, whether you understand it or not, there are trauma centers in your brain that get <laughs> triggered every single time you're in pain. And those are connected to your brain automatically connects them to your behavior, your clothes, your all these other things. And there are little trauma buttons going off all over the time when all the time when you have pain and having someone that you trust to sort of um that you can really expose those things in your mind but that's important uh -huh. um and that doesn't i 
I know that sounds really hippy dippy and out there, but it is it is vitally no, important. I'm 100 percent with yeah. you. Like for I say that all the time. I've I've actually told clients like, listen, rapport between us, that connection, and you feeling comfortable, like you will get better faster, <laughs> just Absolutely. because of that. And it's nothing special. Like there's no skill you learn in school. It's just having that connection and feeling being able to connect with people. And not everybody has it right, but. It's vitally important. And I'm glad you brought up the whole trauma piece because I saw trauma as being, especially I I specialize in working with people in large bodies and people who are in eating disorder recovery. And so it was really important to me to like get trauma informed, like an actual certification, because Mm -hmm. when you're working with people who have been through a lot of trauma, you know, the worst thing you can do in a space where they're trying to be vulnerable is re-traumatize them unknowingly. And it happens all the time in the medical field. So I'm so glad you brought that up because you're right. Pain is a lot of trauma. <laughs> so. it's, trauma. it's important yeah. to mention, too, that like I think that when we have this stored feelings and traumas, like we put them in our bodies. Right. And then we tighten those areas of our bodies often down. Mm-hmm. You see so many people who just are like locked up in so many ways. Yeah. And I know both of you guys have experienced in this. And I remember the first time this happened to me, but you can do any sort of manual therapy on somebody, whether it's like stretching or body work or whatnot. And you will just hit something and that person will go into an emotional release, yeah. right? And like you're saying, if you're not prepared for that or how to handle that, like you might be able, you might just, you know, that that won't go away. Yeah. That black Bubble. box will shut real fast <laughs> yeah. and it'll never come back, right? So being understanding that um, piece of trust can be really useful for a client, um, being able to release and release tension in the body, which is really important for overall, I think, healing. Okay, I got to go one more question, then I'll let you guys continue. <laughs> um, this is so fascinating, by the way, because I think that so many people don't get an opportunity to see like sort of behind the scenes from the physical therapist's perspective. And so many of us have gone to physical therapy or in or, or are in physical therapy. So can I just say one thing before you ask a question? So, yeah. Very quick. So if you go to a PT clinic or you are going to a PT clinic and you go see the PT in the beginning and they assign you to an aid and they're just doing oh like yeah high stem and like red few, flag like just, like red flag right <laughs> red flag that's how you know you're going to the wrong place that's yeah. all I'm saying yeah. if you're working with the practitioner for the majority of the time that's a really good starting point already okay so. great point okay so we've got some good starting places where people can begin to find the physical therapist that works for them um, the next question I have is. Uh, You guys see all different types of people with different types of willingness, unwillingness, openness, not openness. Like if you got to have like, oh, my most ideal patient would be because I feel like it's important to to know that because I noticed, James, like sometimes you'll tell me like, oh, when a client is available for this, we make so much progress. And if they could know that going in, like this is the most ideal scenario, right? Like know that going in. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if that's a silly question, but but where do you see people making the most progress? Because when I've talked with you in the past, James, it's never really been about the physical. It's about the psychological. Mm-hmm. So, so I feel like I, I want to bring I, this up. I think that that, um, that is the overriding uh, um, control center. It is. I mean, I don't think it is. It's the overriding control center of the whole body. Your brain tells your body what to do, how to respond, mm-hmm. and your all of your interpretation of what's hap- of what's happening to you um, is going to be expressed physically. Your interpretation of a manual technique, a movement. You know, if you're if you think a movement's going to cause pain, how you start to do that movement is going to be very different if you have never had an experience of pain before you do that movement or with that movement. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I emphasize 
and, and I also will say that where your emotions happen in your brain, the same places where <laughs> that, that same brain is determining your fear levels, your trauma response, and how your body moves. It's all happening in the same place. And you we can't uh, undervalue someone's emotional, psychological uh, um, um, presence. It, it, you can't. Yeah. So my ideal, my ideal client. Um, and I don't know if that's the best way to put that. I just mean like if someone told me, hey, Katie, you have an injury, which I that's how I think we met was I went to you and then I never left. I'm sorry, you're stuck forever. Um, but it was like if someone could say, hey, Katie, uh, if you could come in with um, a willingness or if you could come in with an understanding that this is so much more than just about your ankle pain, right? Like, that's what I'm trying to get at here. Like, I think we go in and I was like, my ankle hurts, James, fix my ankle. And you're like, ooh, like, mm -hmm. not quite. And so I feel like if we can, I don't know if I'm making sense, but like, what what would you want? Like, how would you want... Okay, this is what I want to say. How would you want your client to prepare themselves psychologically before going into physical therapy? What could they do ahead of time before they show up in that office with an expectation of how it's going to go? I have uh, some thoughts on that. Just I, I don't treat patients like you guys do, but I have worked with a lot of individuals over the years. And um, I think there's a few elements that I really would, would value a lot. It's coming in with a sense of curiosity. Mm -hmm. So like, hey, what an openness to yeah. learning something new. Um, trust. We just touched on that. Okay. If somebody, if you can work with in trust, then someone will be willing to do something that might make them initially feel uncomfortable, but actually benefits them in the long run. But be careful there. Do don't blindly trust. But just like blindly, we said in the beginning, like yeah. if you have something that doesn't yeah. feel right, that you got to listen to them. I'm a, yeah. but I, I, I come trust. from a slightly different perspective where I'm a coach, right? So I think trust for me means like I can get somebody to squeeze a little bit more out than they think they can get out, right? Mm -hmm. So that has to happen via trust. And I think that the final element would just be this like self-awareness or willingness to feel like so many people are, we talked about this in the last episode, just the head disconnected from the body. And it's so hard to teach someone how to change the way they're moving if they can't have any sense of connection with their body mm -hmm. at, at the end of the day. Like you have to spend time feeling what it's, what, what you, what, what your movement feels like and building a sense of awareness around what that is and building a sense of awareness of, oh, this feels like normal, but it's actually the way that's hurting me. This feels like different than I'm used to, but it's the way I'm supposed to be doing things. And building that awareness is so critical and somebody becoming their own guru. Because that's one of the things I like to tell people. Okay. It's like, it's, it's not about us being your guru. It's about us teaching you how to become your own guru. Because yeah. that's really what's gonna make the change. Coming to a PT clinic three days a week for an hour is not enough time to be able to really do it. You have to be able to do it on your own as well. Yeah. Okay. That's helpful. I think that's actually spot on. I mean, I would only, add, outside of like the willingness and the openness, I would only add um, planning, like come prepared to be an active participant. <laughs> like I think- You got to do some work. Sometimes people come to therapy and they're like, fix me. Like, what do, and it's like, oh no, this is going to be way more you than me. <laughs> Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll lay on the table. You massage me. <laughs> like yeah. you're 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 gonna have to participate. So understanding that perspective. But I think that's a part of, you know, what James is talking about, especially as you know, we engage with other therapists in the community and, and ideally there's a shift, you know, we're shifting this, but there's been a misperception of what like physical therapy is supposed to be. And I've had to educate a lot of people like what PT actually is, and then we see it portrayed in movies all silly and goofy. So you know, I don't know if you want to speak more to that, you know, what you want from from the client. But I think there's a level of like 
preparing them like you, you're going to be an active participant in this if you're going to get the results that you want you know yeah i mean i think what's most important for me is people uh, uh willing to learn yeah and being very open to uh getting information about their body mm-hmm. and that's to me is the most i can i'll earn your trust you don't you need to come in with trust i want i love it when people are uh cautionary and doubtful because those people ask the questions yeah those are the people True. that are that push me and make me answer and every time they ask a question and i can answer it they i win a point i win a point they understand and they're more on board so i think questioning is really really important understanding that you are this is your body and you will be the one in charge of what happens yeah i can show you what to what to do um i can get you out of pain you want to be out of pain in 30 minutes i'll get you out of pain in 30 minutes but what happens here is just the very first part you've got to take your body and now do that out with you sitting in the car you cooking dinner you getting out of bed you working out you walking and lifting your kids and all of that stuff uh that's where the work is going to be on your end but i want someone to be questioning i want them to be an active participant in that process and um and uh recognize the information that their body is giving them in that moment because i think I think that what what Tyler, what you said is really was really important for people to understand that they don't have that that connection um, from their head and they don't they can't feel their body. Right. And what I will say is that to, uh, one layer to that is their consciousness isn't connected to their body, mm-hmm. but their unconscious autonomic nervous system is always in charge yeah. and always giving their body information. So they may not be able to be consciously aware that they're tightening, but their unconscious body, their unconscious mind is 100% tightening for a reason. Yeah, for a reason. reason. And if you can unwind and get someone to connect with how they're feeling, because sometimes the understanding of the feeling, like the emotional feeling, I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling worried, I'm feeling threatened, I'm feeling unsafe, that is an easier thing them to connect to than a tightness in my body because that tightness might be there for so long that they're they can't recognize it as being tight because that's just the state of play that's their norm normal. yeah <laughs> yeah i love what you said about self-reliance and i would like to rescind my comment about trust it's earned it's earned no, I, I think i think what i'm thinking about is if i'm working with somebody and they don't trust me then i don't do that but i'm sitting there thinking of that as advice if you walk in and you oh i'm going to be trusting you might walk into a situation and trust somebody you shouldn't trust so that's what, that's I think, what you're I think saying trust that, is yeah. earned you gotta you gotta listen to yeah. that so well, hold, on, hold on i got one more question okay one more here <laughs> we go here we i'm gonna go. ask a question to you guys because i want somebody to walk away from this and have something actionable to work on so um we just did some good stuff by the way i got some ideas about movements and stuff that i think are really positive but if you guys with all of your experience were to say hey if i could tell people to like do something or you know each day that could help them with their movement system like what would what would that be what would be something that somebody could just hey i'm going to try this out for 30 days for whatever amount of time and just see if I improve the way I feel in my body. Go to weshape.com. I know. <laughs> like, go do our videos that we've been working on all week, Tyler. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but that would be a really feasible action item. Everyone's for everyone. checks are in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> no one writes checks anymore, Tyler. Um, I don't know. That's that's a really good question. I, uh, I know that there are things that I find um, consistently um inhibited in people's bodies 
Um, and there's neurologic reasons for that, but I'm not going to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and, um, and so there's movements that I would love for my clients, all my clients to be able to do because it fixes or facilitates normal movement in yeah. really specific ways. So like there's an exercise called the clamshell. And if people do that correctly, Ooh, it, that part, it is, <laughs> it's, uh, if you can do a correct clamshell, it, it can significantly alter your lower extremity can even uh, significantly change back pain. Yeah. Um, so well, uh, clamshell I think it is a really important exercise. And how really we do clamshells in the We Shape workouts? Do we? Level one. <laughs> oh, okay. Coming at okay. you. It's a foundational movement. Um, it's a foundational a pattern. Um, and then the other one I really, really like, and I give it to so many of my clients, is called a waiter's bow. Um, and it's all about hip mobility over back mobility. Uh, and I think those are really important. It's it's hard for me to say something like go and walk every day because if you're in pain, yeah. walking is not good for you. Yeah. Uh, this is or, so, oh God, that one kills me. That's another episode right yeah. there. Yeah. But what I mean, one of the things if I could everyone could hear me in the world out there that has back pain and their doctor has told them, Well, just walk. You just walk. That's it. All the studies work. show you walk. If you have back pain and your back pain gets worse when you walk, that is basically your body saying, Don't do don't walk. <laughs> don't walk. <laughs> Stop walking. <laughs> so if it hurts, don't do it. If it hurts don't do it. It's as simple as that. You were, I, I tell my, uh, I say this to my clients. If you cut yourself with a knife on your arm, what are you going to do to make that get better? You're going to put a bandaid on it and the bandaid is there to protect it so it doesn't get worse. You're not going to rub it. You're not going to do deep tissue massage on that tissue. <laughs> It's not going to heal if you do those things. You're not certainly not going to get the knife out and make a deeper cut. I say to my clients all the time, how many cuts are you going to make on your arm to make it heal? You can't cut that pain away. You're not going to cut enough to make it heal. That makes no sense. That, that's not how the body works. The body follows pretty consistent, logical rules. So follow them. And they're pretty intuitive. <laughs> if it hurts, don't do it. I don't care who tells you what's good. If it hurts, do not do it. If it hurts, don't do it. Learn to hinge to the hip instead of the back. And it sounds like you like the clamshells, but you don't want people to do them on their own. Yes, do your clamshells. I like it. You know, mine are really just more around flexibility, just because I deal with so much stiffness and so much tightness. So I don't like have specific, I mean, there's specific stretches I do, right? Like the greatest stretch ever we were doing earlier for videos, child's pose you know, spinal rotations. I think those are just really important, but it's, it's really, I like, like my advice for people to be way more intuitive. So like the, the real goal for me is like getting back in your body and recognizing like what's bothering you, what doesn't feel right, where are you limited and restricted and moving into those directions, you know, at your own pace comfortably and pain-free. So it's really just about a daily movement practice for me and, and prioritizing that like I do it as a part of like my morning prayer and meditation because it's a part of like self-care for my soul, my body, my mind, my spirit, all of those things. And so that's probably what I would tell all my clients to do is like engage in some sort of flexibility and movement, you know, daily because your body, when you get restricted, it's it's hard to get out of that. And then that's where the pain comes in. And then the other part would be like balance. But 
I'm not going to get into all that. <laughs> but yeah. I like that. Well, I'll I'll just answer a couple real quick. So I, I'll piggyback on the balance. I think balance is dr- dramatically underrated. Yeah. I do think that most people practicing balance on their own might misalign the joints a little bit. Absolutely. So that's why you want to make sure you're doing it properly, right? Yeah. Um, knee bone goes straight over the toes, right? You know, the hips are balanced in the middle. Um, I, I think that's something that I try to tell people this one all the time is my favorite simple thing. Posture is so bad on people yeah. that we sit way too much. And I think that just literally like I'm in this chair, I'm going to clasp my hands behind my back. If you can't do that, you can grab a towel behind your back and just lifting the chest, right? Mm-hmm. Just lifting the chest to the sky for like 10 seconds and doing that a few times a day. What a great way just to remind yourself to like, mm-hmm. oh, just get back to an upright position, right? And the last one. Everyone in the crew here is like. <laughs> everybody is stretching every now. Yeah. I hope everybody I'm listening stretches too. And the last one is is breathing. Oh, God. Is breathing. breathing. Yeah. I would actually make that the first one, though. I think that so many of us just poke out our ribs and we breathe into our chest and we activate that para- or the sympathetic side of our nervous system by doing that. And just taking some time to practice. Can I breathe down into my pelvis, even below my belly button, and just let it go and exhale in a relaxed fashion. I mean, doing 10 of those deep breaths can change your world. So I would sure. do that every day. I think all of our tips revolve around like mindfulness, mm, like yeah. checking back in with yourself, like knowing what you need, and try, you know, at least trying being inquisitive about it, like figuring out what you need and taking it. Yeah. So important. wonderful. Well, I am so grateful that we got all the movement people together today <laughs> to give us, I mean, this is, This is like a very, I mean, people, it's not a matter of if you're going to have pain or it's just a matter of when. And so these are things we need to talk about because I think it can really help people tremendously. So thank you so much, everyone, for being here. And thank you, James, for for joining us as well. Thank you. Nice meeting you. (laughs) Nice meeting you, too. All right, everyone. Well, don't forget to check us out at weshape.com. Or if you want to send us an email, weshape at podcast. Oh, my God. Backwards podcast at weshape.com and our social is at weshape for all movement related content and at weshape podcast for all podcast clips thanks again everyone and we will see you next week bye bye thank you so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's show now before you go it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at weshape.com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, make sure you click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com slash free, where you can build your first workout and activate your two-week free trial. See you next week.